You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE has opened its doors for another day and another week, so it's time for the opening with Nick Kunza from Sandnam Private Wealth. Yeah, a little bit of a pause mode at the moment on the market, I think. The S&P on Friday going above 3,200 on a bit of a charge, but it's pulled back today. But it doesn't look as though there's any oomph this week. As What, is, what are we now? June the 8th, Nick? Yeah, Lindsay, good morning. That's correct. Yeah, so, I mean, June the 8th, uh, typically, I mean, I don't know how it's going to pan out this year with everything going on, but typically June, July is, is normally a little bit of a quiet month, given uh, it normally starts with the sort of a northern hemisphere summer holes, etc. Obviously, things are a little bit different this year for obvious reasons, but um, normally it is a bit quieter. Um, and yesterday, we had a monster week. I mean, it's uh, if I look back on just last week, I mean, the U.S. market was up, uh, I mean, it was 2.5% higher just on the day. I mean, on the week, I think it was about 4 5% up. I mean, our market alone, I mean, I actually did a double take. Someone said it was, uh, you know, 8% up on our all share for the week. So, huge moves last week. So, to be expected this morning, Lindsay, a little bit of, a, I guess, a little bit of a reflection and a bit of a pause until maybe the next move up. I don't know yet. But it seems a little bit uh, definitely pausing on global markets. Just looking at the week ahead uh, in the diary here, we've got April mining and manufacturing production. Uh, we've got uh, business confidence, the Bureau for Economic Research business confidence index uh, from South Africa on the 10th, mm. that's Wednesday. That's um, the Wednesday, I think it is, yeah. Exactly. And then uh, after that, uh, CPI in the United States, I think. But anyway, it's not as, as if, you know, I think people will look back at, to Friday, for example, at the US jobless numbers. And I saw an article mm. on Reuters that said it, it's almost hinting that they may, may be fake numbers. Now, I don't believe that. I'm not a conspiracy theorist when mm. it comes to this sort of thing, certainly not from the United States. But certain people are saying this doesn't quite make sense, two and a half million jobs created in one month. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, these numbers, these, these, every single data point or statistic that you look at the last sort of two months is, is one record or another being broken. Um, it does... We do put as traders and 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 sort of money people in the market. We do put a lot of weight on the the, the monthly jobs. That's like the jobs Friday. That's your big mm. number. But I mean, in fact, historically, you're better off for the weekly numbers. They're far more accurate. Uh, those weekly ones that come out on a Thursday. Yes. They're far more accurate. They those initial claims are literally people as soon as they lose their job, they sign on instantaneously to make sure they get their, their unemployment benefits, etc. So I think it's much more of a sort of a real-time number than the weekly jobless, I mean, than the monthly number, which is effectively last month. But it is difficult to get your head around because if you, if you look at what the weekly numbers have been doing, it doesn't really tally up with that monthly jobs number. Um, and in fact, I mean, if, you know, we're used to getting these stats wrong, but I mean, to get it wrong by 10 million, effectively from a yeah. negative seven and a half to whoever it was. I mean, it should have come out closer to sort of 20% unemployment. It came out at 13%. And in fact, another one for the history books, that was the biggest miss ever relative to expectations. You know, another day, another record. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. I, I, I'd be very surprised if those numbers were fudged in any way, but still, it, it just shows you, I guess, how sensitive the market is to any little bit of good news. Let's have a look at the Stock Exchange News Service now. Um, actually, no, before we do that, I've given you a couple of the macroeconomic data points mm. that we're expecting. What about uh, corporate news this week? What have you got in your diary? Very, very thin. I picked up one for today, which came out this morning, that was um, that was Alexander Forbes, 
actually was quite surprising to come out with a special dividend. Everyone else was cancelling your dividends. That was a bit of a surprise for Alexander Forbes shareholders. Share price uh, up over then, 6%, uh, which is good. Yeah. And then um, I see later on the US on the corporate side, there's only one big one out. That's uh, Mar- uh, Adobe, which ironically is actually second to Microsoft now. It's the biggest uh, world's most valuable software company. And then uh, this morning, JP Morgan doing what they usually do behind the curve, upgrading Sassel to a buy uh, (laughs) after it's run 130 rand or 40 rand. Well, after it's Um, run nearly eight times now, because I think it was 22 rand a share and it's now 160 Mm. rand plus. It's almost eight Mm. times. So they come in after the thing has gone Mm. up eight times. Yes, I can't really say on your show what I feel of sell-side analysts, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, and I've only mentioned it, Lindsay. Don't forget, we've got uh, the big point this week. We've got the Fed. The Fed's at tomorrow, two oh, yeah. days. Fed Reserve. Yeah. Hmm. Look, there's no change expected. And um, obviously, given all the emergency stuff they've thrown at this market over the last couple of months, I can't expect any sort of fireworks. I think they're going to sort of stay pat and continue. But it might be interesting. There's a, there's a press conference forecast for afterwards, which is what they call a live meeting. Yes. So that might be worth watching. It'll be sort of later in the afternoon on, on Wednesday, South Africa time. Okay. Richemont, something to do with group human resources uh, function. Ascendis, restructure and extension of debt facilities. Share price are doing quite nicely, up around about 15%. Alexander Forbes, we've spoken about that. And it doesn't say a short form announcement. It just says extract from the audited results. So that's a new way of putting things. So Banyu Stormwater mm-hmm. recommended all share offer for Lonmin PLC. The share price up 4%. And so it goes on. Grindrod shipping, nah, nothing really uh, to get your teeth into on a, on a Monday morning. And um, yes, it's nice to ease into the week after you know, most people will probably be lying down with uh, slices of cucumber over their eyes, metaphorically, after last <coughs> week, which was quite astonishing. We've got a RCL Foods trading statement. Tell me about that. Has the share price reacted to the trading statement from RCL Foods, which is a noisy share at best? It is a noisy share at best. Let's have a look. RCL Foods, we have... Yeah, down six cents, so it's flat. So make a point six four percent after after its trading update. Okay. What does it say? It remains well capitalized. Uh, operations have been most affected. Yeah, it doesn't look like any surprises out of that one. Okay, good. Well, let's have a look at some of the spot prices now because the rand is on a charge, and long way that continue. That's been a theme for the last few weeks. Don't forget um, the backdrop to what I'm going to say now is that the rand at some stage was. Um, it was 1934 against the US dollar. And if my screen would just help me out and actually refresh. Oh, there we go. The dollar rand is 16.75. The British pound against the rand is 21.26. The euro rand is 18.93. And the euro dollar is 113 exactly. In the States on Friday night, after the US jobs numbers, uh, we saw the Dow Jones... 27,111, let's call it, up 3.1%. The S&P up 2.6%. The Nasdaq up just over 2%. In the Far East this morning, uh, Tokyo, the Nikkei 225 is 1.4% up. Shanghai is up a quarter of a percent. The Hang Seng is just barely changed, just very slightly higher, as is the all share in Sydney. On the commodities markets today, the gold price is up $6.5, but still below $1,700, $1,692. The platinum price is up 7 to $8.29 an ounce. Where's palladium, please, Nick? Currently down $10 or 1.3%. Uh, to sorry, I beg your pardon. Down uh, sixteen dollars or point eight percent, one thousand nine hundred and fourteen. Okay, and the oil price, the all-important oil price, especially with reference to uh, Sassel. I've got uh, West Texas. 
Now, at $40, look at that. It's $40.03 per barrel, up another 1.1%. There's no stopping this thing. And Brent crude oil is 42.89, up 1.4%. I'd love to see the RSI, the Relative Strength Index, from a technical analyst on this oil price because it is... It must be horrifically overbought. It's gone from $10 a barrel to $40 a barrel. That's the West Texas. Yeah, they've been on an absolute charge. And that spread as well, which is interesting because, you know, back a few months ago when the sort of disparity happened, you know, the gap between the West Texas, which is the, the landlocked, and, and Brent, which is the, the seaver, seagoing oil, uh, that spread was, I think, north anywhere between 10 or $15, if memory serves me correctly. Mm. Uh, anyway, I can answer your question. So we have a, the RSI at the moment on a daily basis of the oil price is currently 72 so obviously anything over 70 is deemed to be very overbought. So 72 on a daily. Uh, I must be put on the backdrop, Lindsay, just to add on that there was an OPEC meeting over the weekend yeah. um, where they did agree, but it was it was kind of speculated that they would, where they did agree to basically um, extend the group's uh, historic production cut uh, for another month. So one more month of production cuts from OPEC. I wonder when OPEC, which is a cartel, obviously, I wonder when it's actually going to just get disbanded and everyone says, no, I'm going to produce what I want. You can you can do what you like. Because it's, it's still occasionally can exert some influence, can't it? And that affects everybody's life, for rich or poor. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the most traded commodity in the world. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, if you just look at what uh, what happens in something like South Africa, we were so minute on the world stage. But the oil price movements determine everything with us. We import all our oil. So for us, it's, it's a, it affects everything right down to sort of our GDP and inflation numbers. So, yeah, yes. I mean, they literally can control what they want out of each country. Uh, just speaking of commodities, something else that popped up on my radar this morning, we don't normally speak about it on your show, but uh, iron ore prices. Yes. Are quite interesting. So iron ore prices are they've almost like there was an article in the FT. They, they're becoming almost, I guess they're almost growing up a bit. It's not just uh, years ago the price was literally set in a smoky warehouse on the other side of London once a month. Mm. Now there's two exchanges that trade quite actively. It's uh, the Dalian Exchange out of China and it's Singaporean iron ore price. Uh, it's now the second most traded commodity uh, after oil, and mm. it was nowhere a few years ago. Uh, that price this morning up 7.6% in China to $112.60. Um, and that is on the back of apparently um, Brazil shutting down their largest iron ore uh, factories and their, their mines off the back of uh, basically coronavirus concerns. 188 workers testing positive. So that's 10% of Brazil's iron ore output has usually been taken offline. So hmm. watch this space too, uh, which explains why you're seeing a little bounce in, in the iron ore price and the miners this morning. Okay, just tell us uh, on that note. And continuing the thread, what's Exaro doing in African rainbow minerals, etc., on the back of that number? No, so Exaro is actually flat, but Kumba iron ore is up a percent at the moment, and Anglo American obviously also has quite a bit of exposure to to it. Is up almost one and a half percent this morning. Okay, other shares on the move this morning uh, are as follows. Redefine, up another 9.5%. I was talking to a friend of mine who says he's bought it at 2 Rand 20. And, and no, he bought it at 180 or something and sold it at 220. <laughs> and, and, and he's got seller's remorse because it's now 3 Rand 47. And I said, you never go mm. broke taking a profit, so forget about it. So he did. Uh, the Sassel price is 164 Rand, let's call it, up um, over 9 and it's about 9.5% higher. 
goodness me. DRD Gold up four and three quarters, uh, and Sibania Stillwater up nearly four percent. On the downside, Momentum Metropolitan down ten percent. Is there an ex div story there or something going on, or is that just people just don't like Momentum Metropolitan? We'll come to that in a second. Northern Platinum down two point eight. Telcom down two and three quarters percent to twenty three ninety, and MTN down two and a half percent. Tell me about Momentum Metropolitan. Anything there? Actually, I haven't seen anything, but uh, if I can refer to the second part of your story, which was the MTN, yeah, uh, front page of the Business Day this morning. Yes, a U.S. terrorism uh, story going on. Mm, running a look, it's been, it's been running. Uh, that story's been doing the rounds for, I, I guess, over a year, um, and it was briefly, as far as I understand, we did speak about it in our morning meeting. Um, as far as I understand, is that it's a group of family members of ex-soldiers or the like out of out of Iran that are saying, uh, sorry, out of Iraq that are saying that that um, there was various different uh, corruption was played or getting some contracts or the like. But as I said, it must be said this is against the context of of this has been going on for about a year now. Um, and on the scheme of things, it's only about one percent of its earnings as a country, so it does appear to be more noise than anything else. But nevertheless, uh, you know, these markets do react to stories like this. MTN has been so, I mean, it, it, below the surface, it's, it always seemed a little bit seedy for me for years now. Mm. Look, they they play in spaces that most businesses normally wouldn't play in. You mean Nigeria and, I mean, you and Iran? Jokes. <clears throat> you know, and you have these running jokes about, about you know, the, the, the bungs that these guys would have to pay to, to get deals done. But I think... It's, but in this day and age, Lindsay, it's difficult to think you get away with stuff now. You know, it's um, especially as listed companies, it's very difficult to, to the, the, you know, the spotlight's really on corruption and payments and all that, especially within the siphon context. I'd be surprised if there's any, any sort of truth behind it. But nevertheless, you know, the, you're right. I mean, they've always unfortunately operated in a jurisdiction which is literally a, almost a war zone in some of their places. I guess warlords need to use their cell phone as well, I suppose. Of course they do. After nearly an hour of trading, what mm. are the uh, indices on the JSC at the moment? Yeah, okay, so this Monday morning, a bit of a muted JSC, and I guess also global markets as well has got that feel about it. Uh, JSC all share down a quarter percent, 139 points, 54,582. Uh, the top 40 is just broken through 50,000, 49,985. That's down 0.43%. Individual indices are mixed. We have basic materials up 1%. Financial still getting a bid with a stronger rand up 055 Energy shares, as we said, led by the likes of Sassel, that index up 0.51. And then a downside, I guess this is your MTNs, telecommunications down a quarter percent, healthcare down 0.71, utilities down 0.74, and uh, technology shares, the biggest lag, at down 1.89%. Nick, thanks so much for your time this morning. That's Nick Kudzer from Sun and Private Wealth. And that was the opening. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.